0: All right, let's turn the Bible to the book of Titus, chapter number 2. Titus, chapter number 2. I think Brother Sean covered the announcements very well. So we'll just keep moving. Titus, chapter number 2, and verse number 7. We'll try to get you guys in a decent hour. Titus, chapter number 2, and verse number 7. If you're able to bodily, just to get you to stand up, you've been sitting for a little bit. Would you please stand in honor of God's word? Titus chapter number 2 and verse number 7. We'll start there to verse number 8. Read it along uh, with your eyes. Just follow with your eyes. I'm going to read it out loud. Uh, It says, Titus chapter number 2, verse number 7. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity sincerity so there's some words there that uh, maybe we can look up here verse 8 sound speech that cannot be condemned that he that is of the contrary part sad to say even though you're going to do right there is enemy contrary part may be ashamed having no evil thing to say to you they're going to say a lot of evil things about you so don't worry about that that will happen But let us pray. Lord, help us as we look at these verses, as we look at Titus here. Uh, Paul was very instrumental in helping this young man find himself in the ministry and being a pastor, a young pastor. And Lord, I pray that we would glean something out of these two verses. And I pray that we would use it even in our personal life. Lord, bless those that are sick. Many are sick. Lord, uh, Pastor uh, Rebecca, Coralie, my wife. Mariah, Philip, I believe Miss Susan Beebe, and uh, Dave and Carol were sick last Sunday. That's why they were not here. Lord, I pray that you uh, heal us all up, Lord, before this coming Sunday. We've got a busy week. We've got a lot of guests coming in. Lord, missionaries that we want to be hospitable to. We want to be Christian and show them hospitality. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, uh, that uh, we would be on our best. Uh, health so that we can be a help to them and not get them sick lord as they come lord i pray that you'd guide them as they travel even now as they're preparing their way to travel our way protect them on the roads pray that this week would be a great blessing not only to us but lord to these people and that we're going to meet lord i pray that you also will get a blessing and lord our goal is always to give you the glory and so we ask that you would do that help brother ben Got to meet with him today, Lord, I know he's not feeling a hundred percent, and Lord, there's an ongoing thing, Lord. I pray that you'd help him figure out what it is, and Lord, and figure out a way to solve the health issue he's having, Lord. I pray that you'd bless countryside. Thank you for the good news we're hearing about them. It's just exciting what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for using us, despite of us, but using us to get your work done, and you get all the glory. We love you, and we're blessed to be in your house. Meet with us, Holy Spirit, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, You may be seated. Also, if you're willing and wanting to, you already prayed up about it, there's also this uh, faith promise cards already there uh, in your seats if you feel like you want to go ahead and start with that. This is Stewardship Month, October, in our church. And Pastor, what a great message last night. Uh, last Sunday night about stewardship of each other and how that has been going along with church and even the idea of unity. It's just so vital that we care for one another. It's just so neat how the Lord does that. So let's go to Titus here, chapter number 2 and verse number 7. In all these things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. When you see the word pattern, you kind of think of one thought in my mind here, And that is consistent. When you think of a pattern, I think of the thought of consistent. And as a Christian, when we first get saved, we get sealed. We get excited about the things of God. And we should. We should really get excited. Because it's an amazing thing when you see somebody, and you have experienced this when you first got saved. I remember these days when I first got saved, how I was so excited. I just want to tell everybody. I didn't know what to tell them. I didn't know everything to tell them, but I knew something happened, and I wanted to let everybody that I knew n- know about it, all right? I was excited. I wanted to get involved. Anything that was, was open to do, I'm going to do it. I didn't care, if I didn't know how to sing. They found out I sing in the choir, and it doesn't make sense, but they put me in the choir. The pastor said, Say, hey, I hear you sing in the choir, in the shower. Won't you let us all hear about that? And so I ended up in the choir when the days we had choir here at the church. But so anything and everything I felt, I had time, I went in there. To the point that my dad says, hey, you need to help us mow the yard a little bit, dude. You can't be gone all the time. You need to help clean up the house a little bit here. I said, oh, yes, I need to do that too. Do my homework and go to work. Anyways, it was fun. Just exciting. And then as the time goes Uh, You get to know more of the scripture, and you realize, oh, I shouldn't have said it that way. You recollect some things you did out of zeal, without knowledge, and you get excited about all of that. And then eventually you get to the point of your Christian life, if you've been saved for a long period of time, there should be some consistency in your Christian life. There should be a place where it mellows out a little bit, where it's it's not like big roller coasters. You know, it kind of evens out a little bit. Now, we got country roads here. This is going to be as even as they're going to be. But at least there's some consistency in your life. Not that it's saying that we don't fall. The Bible says that just men fall it. seven times, but then rise to the beginning. It doesn't mean that we don't longer sin, but we have some things in our life that we got a handle on. Not that we do it, but we have a relationship with the Lord and he's got the handle on that part of our life. Remember, uh, at times, you can probably look back in your life, there were some parts of your Christianity that you knew you need to work on. And then the Holy Spirit comes alongside with you and say, hey, you need to work on your anger. You need to work on you being a little bit of uh, uh, jealous. Why are you jealous? And he works on that, and I don't know what it is for you, but he worked on a few things in your life, and then you finally kind of get an even kill on that. All right? That should be a little bit in our life. Where we get to that point, we strive to go to that point of being consistent. Consistent. Because consistent demonstrates the power of God in our life. We should be very, very thankful. Not that consistent or being faithful, we call it sometimes. The word we say is faithful. We faithfully do the things that are right. We We should not feel proud about that. That we have come or we have arrived. But we should come to a place of thankfulness, that we don't struggle with those things that we used to. Some of us struggled with maybe using words of profanity. Maybe we had struggled with those. And then as the Lord continues to grow us, and we get out of that bad habit, and we get into a good habit, and God keeps working on us, and we don't say the things we used to say anymore. We get consistently Not saying bad things. And there's many things we can talk about. Maybe there was vices in your life that God saved you out of. You used to do this and this and that. And now, because of being in the church and being faithful through the word of God and letting the Holy Spirit work in your life, you have not had such a hard time with some of those things that if you look back maybe 10 years or 5 years, you said, I had a really hard time with that. And then God put you in a consistent plane. And that's where we should be. As we grow in Christ, we get to a level that we become better than we used to be. That is the work of sanctification. That's a big word, meaning that God is working on us on a daily basis to get us conform to Christ's image. Meaning, we were sinners, totally opposite from a holy God. But God saved us, and when he saved us, he gave us the opportunity and the ability, grace, to now do the things that are right in his power instead of our own. You know this, even good people that try to do good things for a while, but a lot of times they fail because Christianity is a mere impossibility to just human strength and effort. You have to have God in it. We cannot be the Christian we should be without God's work in our life in a consistent daily basis. God saved us, and when that happens is we become a part of his family, and he says, hey, you no longer live in the streets, son. You now live in the palace. So in the palace, we don't just eat anywhere we want. We have things we have to do, and that's the Bible, right? We don't don't drink whatever we want to drink. We just don't do whatever we want to do no more. We got the right things that God tells us to do, and so he works on that. And that's sanctification, and that's synonymous to God's working on us being holy, and that is something we do not like because it's against nature. If you ask my children, have ever they like me correcting them, they would honestly tell you, no, we never like it when we get corrected because it shows where we lack. When you get corrected, it shows you when you're wrong. And it goes against pride and say, how? And we feel devalued when we get corrected. That means no. And you have to remember with a loving God, when He corrects you, He does not devalue you. In fact, He puts value on you. That's the Bible correction. When you get corrected by God, when a preacher comes and preaches the truth, and you don't, He doesn't know the situation in your life. But he preaches something that challenges you, that convicts you. That's the Holy Ghost helping you as a brother, as a sister, as a Christian. And we should look at it like the Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And so I try to explain to my children the reason I'm about to discipline you or to correct your wrongdoing is because I love you. And my, oh my, they don't believe me. They don't believe me. They do not believe me. But I think as Christians, we fall for the same trap. When God gives us correction, we have to remember right away. If we're honest, we have to remember right away. We just need to stop and say, oh, it's because he loves me so much. It's because he values me so much. That will help you take the correction a little better. That will help you take the correction a little better. because correcting you, and you know if you have children, it is for their benefit. It's always for their good. It's always for their good, OK? If you are a, a parent that is trying right, all right, neither sometimes we correct them because it benefits us. Quiet! Because I wanted to be quiet. So quiet. But I guess I'm I'm at fault as a parent sometimes. But God, as our father, does not sin. So when he corrects us, we cannot argue that fact. You're just doing that so that you don't have to deal with our being crazy. You know, my wife helps me a little bit because I get cranky in my old age. And being gone out all day, come home, and I'm starting to feel I want it quiet. I don't want a bunch of kids running around. And my wife simply says, and with a big, beautiful kiss, Hey, they're children. They're not sinning. They're just being children. There's a difference. Yeah, but I'm the authority. And so I wanted to be quiet. Say, you can do that, but you might inherit something you don't want. The Bible says you'll inherit the wind. You want your children coming around someday. I'm not saying that if they walk away from you, that was the reason. But anyways, I'm just saying, God doesn't do that. He doesn't ask us to do things necessarily for his benefit. He does it for your benefit. And if we question at all his motive, he died for you when you don't deserve it. Okay? So if you want to question his motive, just remember this. He died for you when he didn't have to. And so I think going to the scripture now, and God is telling us here, I want you to have a pattern of good works. I think we can say to God, you want this for us because this will benefit us. And because you love us, you want us to have this. And so it will correct you if you do not have a pattern of good works. It will correct you. These verses will not be be a happy thought for us tonight. And look at what it says. It says, verse number seven, a pattern of good works in doctrine showing uncorruptness. How should doctrine? What do you believe? Is what you believe truth? Is what you believe truth? Hmm? What do you believe about parenting? Challenge yourself a little bit. What do you believe about parenting? I think a parent is this way. All right, great. I'm glad you have an idea of what a parent is. Let's challenge that thought to see if it is accordance with the truth of the word of God. Or is it just something we heard somebody say that might work? Let's go to what the Bible says. Okay, I'm not saying don't come up with your own ideas. And I'm not saying that some parenting techniques and and some help doesn't help. But make sure do not replace what God says with what we hear out in the world. Okay, we need to go back to what God says. Well, this is what wife. Oh yeah, great! I, I'm glad you know what it is it to be a wife. Let's go what the Bible says. Well, this is what it means to be a husband. Well, let's go back to what the Bible says. This is what it means to be a church member. Well, let's go to what the Bible says. This is what to be a pastor. Well, let's go back to what the Bible says. You understand the doctrine that you believe, matters, and gravity, and sincerity. Sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say to you. Look at verse 6, the context of these two verses was talking to young men in the church. Look at what it says in verse 6. Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded, and then it gives you these two verses. Now, I'm going to take that, Young man, that means literally this is for you in the church. Any young man that's here, this is for you. But I'm going to apply it to all of us as Christians so you don't feel alone. All right? But the direct context of the verse is to young men. You need to be what? You need to be showing a pattern of good works. You need to have doctrine. You need to have your doctrine uncorrupted. You need to have gravity. You need to have sincerity. All right? Uh, gravity is being, uh, showing reverence, showing respect and seriousness about what you believe. And then, uh, being sincere talks about us being in, having integrity. We are sincere about what we're doing. Now, I looked at the pattern here, and a pattern signifies consistency. And God wants his children to be stable and dependable, all right? We find today that Christianity is lacking consistency, okay? They say one thing, but they do another. And so we have a lot of people that say there's a lot of hypocrites with that group of people. You hear that a lot when you talk to people about salvation. You get to talk to anybody about their soul. One way we had Bible study last night uh, with some of the men, and we had about five men in there, six of us. And one of the men said, One thing that caused me to not listen to anybody that would bring the Bible was because those that would have the Bible, and they go to this chapel hour time. And for the sake of it, I'm not going to tell you what happened. Uh, but, but they said that they would seem to be wanting the Bible. They read the Bible. But then yet, their action does not validate what the Bible says. And he said, because of that, I'm turned off. I didn't have nothing to do with the Bible. I never read the Bible. And he said, in fact, coming to this church was the first time now that I ever opened the Bible. Well, I'm glad that God still works in spite of all of that. But that's why as Christian that has been in the Christian faith long enough, we should become consistent. Why? Because that affects our effectiveness, our testimony to the lost people. Why? Because each and every one of us have a ministry. And that ministry is to what? Let others know about Jesus Christ. Every one of us. They're watching you. Your neighbors are watching you. Oh, my goodness. We pulled a couple of things, Pastor said, and a couple of guys showed up in my house. I'm pulling with their magnificent van, and they come along, and we're pulling the bushes out of the house. And then people are watching. People are stopping at the stop sign a very long time and looking at us and what a bunch of people are doing. I was there today with Brother Frank. You know what, Brother Frank? I love Brother Frank. If you're listening Brother Frank, I love you. But Brother Frank it's funny and loud. So they're looking at us. And the lady comes out and asks, hey, are you guys our neighbor? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I will be, not him, but I will be. I will be your neighbor. Hey, Brother Frank, I love you. You know I love you. I have to make fun of you a little bit. Because brothers love each other and they make fun of each other. But anyways, I got to meet her. Her name is Ashley. And then Brother Susette was there and got to meet her boyfriend. Boyfriend was Jake. So pray for that. That might uh that might be a good start there. So anyways, uh, people are watching. Even you taking your bushes out, they're watching you. All right? And then I said to Jake, by the way, I'm a pastor. He goes, oh, he said there's a church up here, Perrysburg. Yeah, that's our church plan. I won't be pastoring there, but that was, they affiliated with us. Yeah, Perrysburg there, Pastor uh, Ben is the pastor right there with Pastor Cole. They're helping each other. And then I'm pastoring the one over there in Eden." Oh, that's cool. We'll see what happens. So, But anyways, uh, people are watching. People are watching us. So being consistent as a Christian is important, especially if you are in Christianity for a very long time. If you've been saved for a long time, I'm challenging you. Why are you not growing? Ask yourself that question. Why are you not growing? Why are you struggling with some things that you feel like you shouldn't be struggling. I'm not saying that to make you feel bad about yourself. But I'm asking you, is there something hindering me from growing in that area? Maybe I'm not letting the Holy Spirit help me grow. Maybe maybe I am not, I'm not concerned enough. Or maybe it's a blind spot. Have you ever seen, sometimes in our Christianity, we have blinders to ourselves. We are the hardest people to judge ourselves. We're very biased. If you ask us. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, every man will sound off or speak of the things that are good about them. I'm paraphrasing. But we're very hard to say the things that are true about us (laughs) because of uh, it's because we have pride. So uh, at any rate, uh, consistency is very vital. All right. Uh, The truth is constant. See, the truth we preach, guys, does not change. So if we say we're the people of truth, then it should also show in our life that we do not change and that we are consistent with the truth. If the Bible says that a Christian should not be involved in some shady dealings, we should not be involved in shady dealings, all right? If the scripture tells us that we should have kindness and that we should have our word seasoned with salt, That it would minister grace to those that are hearing it. So that means our speech has some difference to it than other people. All right? Uh, We should be mindful of the things that we do. Look at Hebrews chapter number 13. The time is slipping. Sometimes when I get up here, I don't pay attention. And I got a clock here, I got a clock there, and I got a clock there. That is our failed attempt to pay attention to time. Anyways, Hebrews 13, quickly, and verse number 8. Hebrews 13 and verse number 8. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And Jesus is supposed to be our leader, and we're supposed to imitate him, and we are supposed to be conformed to his image. God says Jesus Christ is very stable. He's a very constant being. His love does not change. His view on holiness does not change. His view on uh, justice does not change. His view on sin does not change. Many a Christian, I am so saddened, and I feel myself, if I'm not careful, I'll slip just like anybody else. Remember back in 10 years ago, the things that we would allow in our life, and I'm not judging you, you guys judge yourself according to scripture. The things you allowed 10 years ago was very, very, very different to the things you're allowing today. Just ask yourself that. The things that you allow in your life to influence you in the movies you're watching, in the places you go, in the things you wear, the things that you put yourself in this spot now, 20 years past, and go back 10 years to the present and go back 10 years, you find, is there some consistency or if you're honest, there's some places in there you're not consistent. I'm just asking you, okay? I'm not, I don't know. That's up to you. The things I used to wear here, because I believe they're from God's Word and God's Holy Spirit leading me to do this, is it the same now? And if there's a change, I'm going to say something very strong. If there's a change, then it has to be a godly change. That means from here, if you believe this way of doing things is right, and you switch and change to this way of doing right, then the change should be a biblical change, not a cultural degradation, not a cultural backward approach. So if you're here and the only reason you change from there to here is because culture changed, and you followed along, may I challenge you today, that is not consistent to the truth of the word of God. I know that's very strong, but I guard myself that way. The The movies I'm watching 10 years ago, the, the quality of the movies I'm watching then, am I watching the same movies, the same qualities now? Are this profanity in the movies I'm watching the same then? That's one question. There'd be no profanity, I understand. But then you're going to watch about everything else. Everything else. Are we letting those things slip? And you say, well, Does it really matter? (laughs) Absolutely. Because people watch you. You have an impact in your community. You have an impact in the people that love you. You have an impact if you have any children. You have an impact on them. Here's a thought. My kid said that. You'd never let us watch that. Why are you letting Philip watch it now? I'm like, whoa, yeah. Yeah. Why? Because I don't want any noise. Watch it. <laughs> you know, sometimes, and I'm honest, the, 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 the problem with consistency sometimes is simply, it's not because we don't want to do right. Sometimes we don't want to put the effort. We get lazy. Because it's simpler not to be consistent. Just let it go. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm going to be a human being you have to let people have a bad day sometime. Let them have it. As long as they don't have a bad year or, <laughs> or a bad decade. Let them have a bad day. But then pray for them and encourage them. If you have a bad day, don't go anywhere. Leave it. if you have a bad mood, stay at home. Yeah, look at the mirror and yell at that person. Yeah. I'm not I'm just working. Then get the Holy Spirit to get a hold of you and say, I shouldn't be acting like this. I shouldn't be acting like this. Make sure the kids are not there either. I'm going to give you three points very quickly. Number one, you find in a pattern, you see order. So I, 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 I try to alliterate here. So I, I came up with the word sequence. You see a sequence here. First Corinthians 14 and verse number 40. Let all things be done decently and in an order, and you know what comes with order? Uh, it comes peace, comes with peace. Look at First Corinthians, you're already there, right? First Corinthians 14. Look at verse number 33 of the same chapter. I'm going to move quickly here. I'm trying to finish here in a good time. First Corinthians, chapter number 14, and verse number 33. And it says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And when you look at the word confusion, it's defined for us disorder. Okay? For God is not the author of disorder, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So in the church, we talk about order, and we're talking about that in real church. There's an order. Okay? And so God is pro order because it brings peace, consistency brings harmony. It brings peace, it brings stability, right? If I turn the switch on for this lights, and every time it comes on, that proves it's consistent, it's got a pattern of dependability. So next time when I'm in a hurry, trying to go to the church, I can pop that switch, and I don't even have to worry. I am not worrying if it's coming on or not, because it has a habit and a pattern and a continual constant working All the time. Imagine if you're a Christian and you do what's right. You do what's right by the power of the Holy Ghost. You go to church when it's church time. You read the Bible. Then God's going to say, wow, that's a dependable person. I'm going to have something for that person to do. And my, the Bible says, to put your faith in a faithful man. Man, I need to get losing some weight. I'm not of breath. But anyways... It's like your joints out of socket and your teeth like a toothache if you trust somebody that way. And so Christianity is very, very, very effective if we are consistently doing what God says. So I challenge us to do that. Have some sequence, some order, some pattern in your life, habits. Number two, stability. Now, it brings stability. If you're constant. And your consistent stability. And what is that? Unchanging. All right? It's unchanged. You look at Colossians. We're right there, right? Quickly. Quickly, Colossians. 2 Corinthians, Ephesians. Then we go to the Colossians here. Chapter number 2 and verse number 5. Colossians 2 and verse number 5. It says, For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order, And the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Now, this is Paul to the church of Colossae. Look at what consistency does. Look at what order and how it is functioning properly. Guts to other people that are safe. They get joy out of it. They get joy out of it at home. When mom and dad are consistently in love with each other. And consistently are being humble to each other. And consistently deferring one to another. The children notice. And there's harmony, okay? So it's good to have that stability. Look at chapter number 2, verse 4. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Look at verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. And here's the second point. What does consistency do? It produces stability, strength, 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 okay? And my, oh, my, in our day of age, we need strong Christians that will outlast the contrary part, the enemies that we have. We have to be able to stand. We have to be able to know what God says. We have to have full of faith and says, no matter what the world is doing, we're going to remain faithful to God and to his word. And so we need strong Christian and stability. Helps us that. And look at that. It says right here, verse number seven: rooted and built up in him and established. You see the words rooted, built, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. And you see that a consistent Christian grows and grows and grows in strength. Okay? And as their strength, become strong in God, not in our own flesh, but in God, then we are now what? Able to face some very hard things. And we go to to Timothy, and God says, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. As a good soldier. You know what it takes to be a soldier? It's not just anybody that wants it. I just, I just want to fight. No. <laughs> Our country smart enough and say, no. Okay, son, you need to get boot camp. We're going to figure out what you're made of. Come over here first. We'll have eight weeks of it. And see if you can survive this, you may be able to survive out there. And you find that in Christianity, maybe a lot of times we fail because maybe we're not as strong as we think we are. And we're not preparing ourselves to be strong. We're not trying to be established and rooted. How do you root yourself? Every decision you make has to have a biblical backing and principle. Every decision you make. The person you're going to marry, the career you're going to take, where you're going to move, what church you go to, how much you're going to give, what ministry you're going to participate in, who you're going to be friends with. It goes on and on and on. How do you get rooted? You base Everything you do by the word of God. Not by every word of doctrine that you hear out there. Because they come and go. And if you come and go, there's no stability. But if you plant and root yourself down and say, hey, come, come. And not in pride again. But in thankfulness and humility, you stand on the truth of the word of God. Has been tested and has been passing in flying colors even in the 21st century, and you plant yourself there, new truths come, and the truth says it's okay to have alternative lifestyle. It's okay for a boy to like a boy. It's okay for girls to be interested in girls. I'm rooted in here. I'm established in here. I'm built up in here. And there's scriptures that tells us that that lifestyle is abomination to God. Guess where I stand? Guess what I'm teaching my children? You understand the strength then that I have? It's not in me. It's in the truth. Come what may. I'm not letting them tell me how to live my life. I'm letting God tell me how to live my life. I can't finish my sermon, guys, for my life. So there's two more points. I'll finish some other time. Lord, bless us. Our time has been long. Thank you for everybody that's here. Help us, Lord, to be consistent. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.